Now it's time for this. News Talk's Executive Chair. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. I'm delighted to welcome to the Executive Chair, Leo Sheridan. He's the Executive Chairman of Advanced Clinical. Leo, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks, Bobby. Nice to be here. Now you're a Chicago man. Um, you, uh, I think your family might have been in the real estate business. Your first job was a caddy, so hence I sense there might be a love of golf in there. But tell us about your early years growing up in Chicago. Yeah, interesting. And I'll connect it here to Ireland. So um, I grew up in Chicago, uh, real estate family, like you mentioned. My grandfather started a company called LJ Sheridan and Company. Um, He was one of the first developers of skyscrapers in Chicago. He built the uh, Prudential Building, which is one of the tallest buildings in the world at one point in time. Wow. And um, so thinking I was going to be in real estate growing up, long I'll, I'll flip, go fast forward a bit. He became ambassador to Ireland. So he was the okay. Irish ambassador. He was the Irish Your ambassador. Your grandfather. My grandfather. Isn't that amazing? So growing up, another Leo, uh, I was thinking I'd be in the real estate business all my life, right? And um, when I started out of college, I was in sales, and then I was going to move into real estate. And um, by that by that time, I got a sense it was too crowded. Too many family members many, in there. Too many family <laughs> members. I thought maybe I'd do it on my own. Yeah. So that's when I started. So my good business. man. So that was probably a good call in in the sense. But sometimes it's difficult to wait to walk away from what's expected or what might be the easier path. Did yeah. you think about that? Yeah, I, I guess that's a good question. I think at the time too, I had a lot of confidence in the fact that I was going to go into a business that I'd already known. So the last three and a half years, I was working in that space and just being able to jump in and do the same thing. There was confidence that I'd be able to kind of get it going. But sure, I mean, it's very, yeah. very kind of nerve-wracking. Tell us then, you say you've been doing the same thing for 36 years. Right. So was it then into clinical trials or a clinical trials type business in the early days? Actually, the early days were staffing. Okay. So I was putting um, people on to, into temporary work assignments uh, working for a very large company called Olston at the time. That's like a manpower or a Kelly. Recruitment. Very recruitment oriented. Yeah. So I started my own recruitment firm um, and I was doing mostly administrative office work in terms of temporary help. And then in 1992, by necessity, I needed to kind of pivot and I moved into IT consulting. Okay. So I started moving up the food chain, placing high-end professionals into projects for my customers my first customer was Abbott Laboratories. Okay. In a very short period of time, I had over 100 people working at Abbott within IT. Very early days in IT at the time, right? right. So they needed help. Um, and then they're the one that dragged me into the clinical research. Which is amazing because yeah. it's a really kind of circuitous route. Well, let's talk uh, about that for a second. Yeah. So it's IT staffing is or project work consulting. And one of the IT flavors is SaaS programming, right. which is a core part of the clinical research process. Okay. So I started doing a lot of the SAS programming that turned into statisticians, that turned into data management, that then went into clinical operations and medical monitoring. And so so you really, technically, you were never that far from the process by right. virtue of the work that you were doing at Abbott. Exactly. Okay. Maybe you could yeah. explain to us um, how clinical trials actually work. Sure. So uh, yeah. just because we hear a lot about them, and I know there's a lot of regulation and there's a lot of, I suppose, but I'd be interested and our listeners would be interested to know how they actually work. Yeah, it's fascinating. So obviously when a drug gets to the market, it needs to have safety and efficacy. It's got to work. 
and it's not got it can't hurt people. Sure. Right? Let's make it very simple that way. So regulations is really trying to monitor all of that. So when it gets into the patients, it's it's going to work and it's safe. So you can imagine you're in the, you're in the labs, you're creating a compound. It thinks you can think you can do something to you know cure something or create a treatment, and then you need to go through the clinical trial process. Very regulated. Phase one, early on, a small group of population of, of people. Right. Phase two, sick patients that actually have a very small collected group, and then once you pass those phases and it says, wow, we've got something good here, they move into a large phase three global trial with thousands of patients. Okay. And typically, Leo, what sort of time period are you talking here? About five years on average to get a drug approved. Wow. Through that, through that process. <clears throat> and by the way, not many drugs get approved. So in terms of the strike rate, uh, is, it, is, like if, is it one in 10 that get there, one in 100? Uh, what would you reckon? One in 1,000. Right. Yeah. So then it must be a very expensive process. Right. And there must be a lot of a lot of the costs that we find in drugs that do make it must be born out of the ones that don't. Good point. Is, would that be a fair point? No, that's an excellent point. And I think, you know, I'm I'm in the business, so when I hear people complain about the cost of drugs, I do know the costs associated with actually going through the process. And yeah. so few actually get to the market. But I can appreciate the pain on the price side, but there is a huge investment on the front end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, so tell us then a little bit about your own business, uh, Advanced Clinical. Um, and again, it's great to see that you do have an Irish connection, but the business seems to be going gangbusters. Yeah, it's, it's doing well. Thank you. Um, so early in days, we were doing uh, more of the consulting, project work, staff augmentation. Um, Abbott, my first customer, asked me to build an off-site team for them. So I got into kind of deliverable solutions work, built a 25-person team for them off-site, did a joint venture with Abbott. And that was kind of the first steps into full-service outsourcing. So wow. about, about 12 years ago, I decided to actually take the leap and move and really build out a, a, a full-on drug development company. So we're an outsourcing play. So yeah. Companies want to do uh, clinical research and do a phase three. They would take that to us, and we would manage it for them from A to Z. Okay, right. So right now we're we're doing global phase three trials, mostly born out of the United States. So we support biotech, mid pharma. Okay, um, and because of this global execution of these trials going on everywhere, we were forced about six or seven years ago to start expanding and being on the ground, doing the trials in those countries. Okay, so you've got. 1,200 odd people working with you right all across Europe, uh, all across Asia, right across the world. Yeah. Wow. Yep. yep. So we've offices in Tokyo, Singapore, on the, in the APAC side. We're in Australia. <clears throat> Here in, in Europe, we're all over Europe, plus Eastern Europe. We have, you know, sorry to say, you know, I feel bad for my people there. We have over 20 employees in Ukraine. Okay. You know. That's got to be difficult. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And tell me then about the future of this business. If you look at you know, how buoyant it is now, how busy you are. There's always going to be development in drugs. We're always going to be looking for the cure for the next thing. So in terms of what you do, is is the marketplace will always be there? The market will always be there. Um, we have to continue to innovate and pivot and be ahead of where I think the disruption might be coming because I think you have to make clinical trials more efficient, you yeah. move faster, you got to be more predictive in terms of the outcomes and those types of things. So, yeah, we'll continue to invest and work in our business, but clearly the the work is out there. What we try and focus on, though, is be really strong in oncology, and 
rare disease. And if we can kind of keep that lane and keep focused, we'll we'll have yeah strength ahead. Now I know your work brings you to Ireland, uh, and I know you you mentioned earlier your first job was a caddy. Uh, do you get to enjoy the golf courses when you come to Ireland? What's your favorite course? Port Marnock. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mean, it's an easy one here. You come to Dublin. Uh, you might be able to get here early, seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning, and then start your day just by playing Port Marnock, and then you run right into work. So, yeah, um, that's all yeah. good. Yeah, I'm excited. And I also see that you have an interest in fishing. Have you fished in any Irish waters? None. Okay, well, I'll have to bring you fishing then okay. the next time you're okay. in. <laughs> all right, well, Leo Sheridan uh, from Advanced Clinical, executive chairman of that said company, Chicago man with real strong Irish heritage. Thanks for joining us. Today on Down to Business. Bobby, real pleasure. Thank you. Great. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.